Welcome everybody. We are. Uh, this is our thirteenth podcast, and we're recording uh, live from Brantford. This is a social business hangout. With me today is Trevor Sharuka. Okay, and we are going to be talking about print is not dead. Print is not dead. So, as my shirt says, as your shirt says, in the audience, are going to yes. Look at the shirt. The shirt says print's not dead. I should actually take a picture of that. And, you know, I will take a picture of that and make it the image for the uh, the podcast. It'd probably be a good one. Um, so. Let's kind of go in the past first and kind of build up to today. Um, we'll talk first about why print, the, the traditional concept of print is perceived as dead, okay? Because we both agree, print is not dead. If anything, print is more alive now than it will ever, it was ever. But the concept of print has changed dramatically. In the old days, let's talk a little bit about what we would consider traditional print. Your thoughts on that? Well, uh, traditional print marketing, uh, the competition for that would have been television or radio. And that's what had a, uh, visually, it was a great way to get to the mass medias. And that would have been through your newspaper, printing something that way, uh, a flyer, a direct mail piece, a magazine, and so on. So those uh, were typical uh, print pieces that uh, a lot of businesses would uh, purchase the use of, billboards as well, uh, bus shelters and all that. And uh, moving forward, those still exist. However, there's so much more competition out there um, for them to be noticed now. Yeah, and and, and even the the ones you know that 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 still exist because a lot of them disappear. You know, when when the Kijijis and, and the Craigslist came about, the number one source of of revenue disappeared for for newspapers, as an example. Um, competition for 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 content has grown tremendously. Obviously, with with the spawn of the internet, there's so much content out there. You'll Absolutely. you'll always always have what you need. But more importantly, I think what and this is why it ties back into social business is it was very much a broadcast mechanism you know you had no way of engaging you know your feedback loop was letter to the editor to use the newspaper as an example that was it yes. that was the only you know you had no targeting you know other than you're printing to your local area okay but there was no knowledge of who the person was reading it there was no concept of what the real click-through to use the analogy was subscription based so you knew how many people received the newspaper but you know the the understanding was that I've received the newspaper. I'm focusing on the newspaper here as an example. It could be a magazine or anything like that. Uh, I would receive it. That would count as a subscription. And the understanding was I would read through everything. But the reality is people would maybe read you know page three of the Toronto Sun and that'd be it. You know, and, and the methodology of uh, create an ad, pay for an ad, distribute the ad, and then have customers read the ad coming to the store and buy your product, and then repeat that process again. Uh, was tried and true for many years, so mm -hmm. 50, 100 years. I, I yeah, and, and to your point, that the, the, the gap, uh, you know, that, that, that loop, that trace loop, you didn't necessarily have a promo code or anything like that to, you know, if a person walked off the street into your store, you don't necessarily know unless they told you that they were responding to an ad. Now you have far more abilities to do a full end-to-end -end, uh, tracking of, of that consumer behavior in terms of analytics of, of your marketing. In print. True. The only, only way to measure that would be as if you were to have a sale on a Friday, you place the ad on the uh, Tuesday and the Wednesday, and then people came in on the Friday for that sale. That's how you'd be able to measure it. However, um, you would not be able to measure, uh, is it male or female that are reading uh, the ad? How many people read the ad? Was the ad shared? So that, that stuff that, that the social uh, uh, and the internet part of the business is bringing in is extremely interesting and, and yes it, it's harder for print to compete in that realm. 
Okay, so well, you, you brought up a few examples at the beginning. I, I, what I'll do is I'll kind of use each of those examples as a branching point sure. to other conversations. So we've talked about newspaper, there's magazines, uh, there, there's billboards, you know, and uh, I was in Toronto last night and I noticed a whole slew of new billboards and they're all digital. Every single one is digital, they're constantly flipping, but it's still broadcasting. So they're a lot more creative in terms of what they're able to produce. So let's use that as the example of Print's not dead in the sense that the broadcasting print, it's still broadcasting, but what you're broadcasting is a bit more imaginative. So some examples of creative broadcasting print, and I'll use print in the generic term of anything that is not, for lack of a better statement, TV, internet, you know. Sure, so then maybe if we change the word print to advertising or marketing, sure. it would be, would be easier to understand that. Uh, creatively, as in right now, the use of, uh, we were talking earlier, the use of QR codes right. on things. Something very simple. Uh, there's a QR code. You download the reader to your phone. You walk up to something. You take that image, and then that QR code can then take you to whatever the uh, the marketer wants you to go to, whether it's a YouTube channel, whether it's a website, whether, or it could simply be to answer a survey and to get your feedback right then and there. As soon as you scan that, they know exactly who scanned it, where it was scanned, what location it was scanned at, and they can measure, start measuring analytics that way, as well as they brought you into their advertisement. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, let, let's talk on QR code just for that for sure. a brief. So first of all, QR code is quick response code for those yes. that, that don't necessarily know what it is. And it's basically just a little square and it's got a whole bunch of pixels. And it's still a two-dimensional barcode in, in that sense, but it's just a lot more complex. Um, one of the biggest things that I've heard, you know, whenever you try to talk QR codes to people, the first thing they say is, well, I don't have a smartphone, but the reality there is far more people now have smartphones than anything else, okay? But the biggest flaw that I've seen is when they put QR codes in subway stations where you don't actually get a 3G signal or anything like that. You know, uh, a recent example, a Brantford Library, that they got QR codes throughout the entire building. You go down to the basement, you lose your internet signal. Okay, so there's a lot to be thought about when you do a QR code. You can't just slap them on anything. Like I've seen it on T-shirts, I've seen it on print, I've seen it. You've got to think it through as to, to your point, where people are going to see it, are they going to be able to interact with it? Because you want it to be easy. Absolutely, and also it should be targeted. Um, a good example is if you are trying to reach my mom, who actually does have a cell phone, smart one, so everyone should by now, um, if you're trying to reach her, don't place, um, so she's a uh, almost retired uh, female, um, and that don't place a QR code for her in, say, uh, a hockey arena that would have uh, kids playing at it because the, the percentage of females that fit my mom's demographic would be very low that would be there. However, in a mall, in a library, would be stronger targeted. So there still has to be, from the marketer or from the, from the team that you're working with, they should be instructing you as to uh, as to think these things through, where your target is, who you need to see this, and then start placing it and working backwards from there. And, you know, and once again, just shift outside of the marketing world, because once again, social business is far more than just marketing. Marketing is just a small aspect of, of how you run a business. I've always told people, you know, if you have a lot of documents in your office, whether or not you're, let's say, a dentist or whatnot, QR codes work as well within your, your internal organization as well to organize any online material that goes with any print material that is in your filing cabinet or anything like that. So the use of QR codes is much wider than just your traditional marketing. Your thoughts on that? 
But it, it, it's huge. Uh, I believe in hospitalization right now. Um, they're using uh, the types of uh, codes to scan it. So you, the nurse, would scan yours. The patients would scan that. You'd scan the patients. You'd scan the drugs, and then it would measure back to make sure that all three uh, equal a green light or a check. And if it doesn't, then you, you can't administer it. And what also that does is the next nurse that comes after you, say it's a busy ward, and goes to administer the same thing, it red flags it to say no, this has already been taken care of. So the um, the futuristic uh, availability of what we can achieve is, uh, uh, I think, beyond most of our comprehension. Yeah, you know, and you brought up something, and I'll be honest, I hadn't even thought about that. Leveraging QR codes in workflow is massive because, as you say, if you have anything that is a checklist, you know, and so many of the things are, are checklist-based in, you know, uh, as you say, hospitals or anything like that, it, there's huge opportunities there. So let's shift a bit away from, uh, from that for a sec. Um, when you look at magazines, okay, yes. because that has always been, and once again, print is a combination of, of content funded by marketing. That's, it's always been the case, right? You would not have a print industry if there was a marketing mix behind it because one pays for the other, yes. right? But at the end of the day, it is a way of distributing content and in the world of inbound marketing, it's all about, you know, getting content out there and drawing people in. Um, I've seen some very, you know, and John, who's in the room right, right now with us, we were in Burlington a week ago at a trade show, and a person did a presentation on uh, tablets, and she was using, you know, one of the many products out there to create apps, and the app itself was a magazine. And what was nice about it was the person would get the magazine, and it cost them maybe $500 for the software to run it, and you're just looking at the design work after that. But what, what was great about it was... As the content got updated, the app just takes care of updating the content. You're able to tack into stuff like localization, right? Because all the smartphone apps, for the most part, have localization built in. So you can have a very unique magazine being downloaded to your tablet based on where you are in the world with specific marketing. Your thoughts on shift of magazines from the traditional printing press, roll it out, send it off, people go to a, a store and buy it to, you know, they're at the app store, click, boom, and they're always getting their, you know, when they're subscribing to their app, they're truly subscribing. It's definitely a catch basin for information for the people who provide those apps. There's no doubt about that. I look at uh, the magazine in Brantford, Ontario, somebody looks at it in Vancouver, somebody in New York, it gathers information on all three of us. Uh, what that allows them to do as well is they can leverage their advertising. They can sell an ad to a company out of Brantford, out of, out of Vancouver, and out of New York into the same publication, and uh, it'd be spread part of word. That's one thing that you can't do, again, with your traditional print uh, information. I think that where we're going um, is, I mean, I think we're a very small uh, bit transparent right now as to where we're going to. Uh, I think this is going to lead from reading a, a magazine on an app that can be very location-based as in story and, and advertising to all of a sudden you're walking down the street with your smartphone. Uh, it already knows who you are as you're walking past the store and then all of a sudden you get an ad uh, via an SMS text that says, hey, 50% uh, off Subway and you look up and there's a Subway store right there. Mm -hmm. um, it also knows that you're a male, so it's going to send you male demographic stuff. It knows that my wife and the kids, uh, or my wife is a female, so when she's walking down it sends her uh, ads that would uh, 
would be relatable more to her. And that, and, and that's, uh, I think that's the direction we're going. For marketers, I think it's great. For the general public, I think we're going to be bombarded with ads. Yeah, no, and that, and you know, and, and it's unfortunate because you know the, the the concept of spam has evolved, you know, over the years. And every time something new comes out in technology, someone always finds a way of bombarding you with, with adverts. But you know, shifting out of the actual marketing point of view, you know, even if it's just pure content, because once again, it, you know, an ad would be your traditional. Uh, interruption marketing, for lack of a better term. So when you think of more in terms of the inbound marketing, uh, having your content, you know, so let's say it's a, it's a blog entry, you know, and I'm being very generic here. And once again, blogging is a form of, of print, you know, to, to, to use the analogy. You can have the content of that blog entry change just like you would an advert. You can have anything. And I think the key that I'm picking up in our conversation here is the concept of print in terms of broadcasting where you don't know what the person is other than they've subscribed to it. So if I've subscribed to Chatelaine, if Chatelaine's even in business anymore, I know that the market is this and blah, blah, blah. And so I'm targeting my content to the subscriber based on you know the little survey that they did when they, they subscribed. The ability to collect analytics, feed it back, and then change the content based on that analytics. That to me really is why print is not dead. It's become so much more relevant and if you have all of these options available to you, the options that are relevant to you are the ones you're going to gravitate towards. And I think that's the key to not not being dead is to be relevant. Absolutely. If, I, if I'm, I mean, for, for that matter, then the, the magazine could be an unnamed magazine as I'm flipping through it. It's only showing stories that I'm interested in. Uh, and then if my wife picks it up and logs in, it's showing she's flipping through essentially the same magazine, which are stories that only she's um, she's interested in. So uh, moving forward with the business intelligence that's there, yes, there's going to be some very wonderful things that are coming down uh, and things that are your, it only interests you. The opposite side of that is things that the experiences that you naturally that we naturally grew up with. Uh, that people are not seeing anymore because it's it's the business intelligence is so smart that it's telling you what you want to see as opposed to you actually organically experiencing that on its own. Um, for mail, for example, direct mail pieces are becoming more popular because they found that 60% of the people have too much email to read and they, they don't read all their email. However, there's still that excitement when you go to the mailbox to get a piece of mail. Uh, because of that, Canada Post will now allow you to upload a mag, uh, an image and print off a sheet of stamps. So imagine you're targeting a customer, and this is going back to the printing part of the traditional print, you're targeting a customer, and instead of sending them an email, you send them a handwritten letter. And in that handwritten letter, you seal it up, and you pull off and you put a stamp on there that has maybe your, com your company logo, or maybe even your face on it. And you put it on there, and they, they get that in. They're getting one of those in. And they're getting 100 emails. I get. I was getting 100 emails a day years ago. I'm probably getting 150 emails a day. Which one am I going to pay more attention to? It's going to be the traditional one. So it's kind of like that full circle thing. So, uh, and that's that organic um, experience that we had when you open the mailbox and you get something in. Now sometimes it's a bill, and it's not very exciting to get that in. But when you get that magazine in, when you get that anniversary card or whatever it is, it's. It, it's that emotion that a tablet cannot rep, uh, reproduce for you. Yeah, so. and, and, and you brought up a very key point there. And, you know, when you think of any medium, you know, and we're talking print right now, the more emotion 
that is built into that experience. Like when when I get a Moo card, the unboxing of my Moo cards. When I get yes. an Apple product, the unboxing of that product. Right? It's it, it, you're you're truly exciting. So you know, I was at uh, getting my hair cut a couple of days ago, and one of the Canada Post Valentine's Day cards. So it was a promo. It was an, it was an advert for Canada Post for ePost, but it was tailored around. Valentine's Day, and it was very tactile. It, you know, it opened up or whatnot, and the two people that were in that room were talking about it for ten minutes. Oh, what's this? How did they know it was me? Because there was some tailored aspect to it. You know, they probably had some random elements as to, hey, sweetheart, or you know, depending on. But that experience, that buzz, you know, if you're able to do that in any medium, and once again, if you're able to do that in print, you have the benefit of tactile that you don't get in digital. And you're reaching an emotion, and it's the emotion you've got to reach to get that lifetime customer. And if you cannot reach that emotion to get that lifetime customer, then all you're doing is spending a lot of money trying to attract customers that come through the door once and don't come back. Yeah. And that, so you want to get to the emotional level, you get to the emotional level, you get to the customer's level, and then once you're there, you've got them. Like you said, you open your new Moo cards, you get an Apple box in. Apple's got you for life. Mm -hmm. They already know that. Um, and that, so they don't have to invest anything more than the fact of the cardboard box they send you because you're paying for everything inside. Yeah, anything that anybody you search YouTube for unboxing, anything that pulls up, you know that they've they've hit hit a hit hit an element yep. there that their competitors. You know, you, you brought up something that that also caught my eye earlier. When we look at uh, traditional print, it, is it fair to say that people got lazy over the years? You know, because it was just so easy to just flood people, spam people that you really, you know, you knew they would read it, you knew they would open it because you had their attention. But now that attention economy has shifted, you know, that those that were lazy have disappeared, and those that are able to take that additional, you know, understand the analytics, understand the audience, target the audience, whether or not it's print, digital, or whatever, the more hate to say, the less lazy you are and the more you understand who your target audience is, the more likely you're going to get that, that association. Well, uh, I heard a saying before and I loved it and I, it reminds me, I'm reminded of it every day, it's 98% um, of people are lazy, plus or minus 2%. So, but uh, that being said, we're always looking for a faster, cheaper way to go. Print was around for hundreds of years, never changed. I have a book that I got when I was a child. I walk over, I can pull that same book out and read it. Um, you probably do as well. Um, then all of a sudden, we started to realize maybe we can make things faster, better, cheaper. And that, so first generation comes in of a product. Then second generation, third generation. E-readers, we're at, uh, I think we're at sixth or seventh gen of some e-readers now. However, that same book that I only purchased once is still sitting on my shelf and I can still read it. But the e-reader, I now have to buy a new program for, I have to buy new cables for. And it's because people, we as, as I think humans, on a philosophical side, mm -hmm. uh, purely, of course, this answer is, we want better, faster, cheaper. We want the, uh, we want the uh, Jenny Craig diet so that we can lose weight really, really fast instead of working for it. Uh, we want to send out an email to our thousand friends instead of, working for it. And I think what happened was that people just thought this is a better mousetrap, we should all just adopt to it, when really the basis behind it has not changed. Get to that emotional level, uh, reach people at that level, and you've got them as a customer for life, whether you're printing it in paper or you're putting it um, uh, on YouTube.
-hmm. and that. So, uh, yes, I think that because people have gotten lazy and the generation's gotten lazy, and that's because people expect things, people, all my customers expect things faster. I can't deliver in three to five days now. I have to deliver in one to two days. And the only way I can deliver in one to two days is to find a faster machine product person that can do it faster mm -hmm. for them. You know, now let's talk, we talked a bit about billboards, and I want to revisit that a bit, because I've always told people, especially now, and you kind of hinted at it, we're kind of seeing, you know, it's always a pendulum, it kind of always swings back and forth, as you get tired of it, it swings back, and it becomes, the, the old is new, and the new is old. Yeah. Um, I've been noticing more people being successful with actually putting up billboards, traditional flyers, and whatnot. Does it go back to what you're saying, where... Because they've, you know, the the old stigma was there, bubbled up in, in a roundabout way, burst that now no one's doing it, and because no one's doing it, the few people that are using traditional print, and I mean truly traditional, you know, like a bus stop sign, you know, put your advert where your ass is, type of thing. Well, I, it, it's what I learned when I watched Mr. Incredible with my kids. If everybody's incredible, then nobody's incredible. If everybody's sending an email, then no one's really sending an email. It's not saying that the that the bus shelter or the uh, or, or the billboard ad is better. Uh, I've seen bad ones of that. It's just that going to Seth Godin, uh, they're now the purple cow. Mm -hmm. The billboard is the purple cow as opposed to the email ad. Or I mean, I mean, um, years ago uh, we used to. Uh, we had a website. We had a website before anybody came out, and it was something big, um, and it was we were pretty important because we had a website. And now, who cares? Everybody's got a website. Everyone's got a blog. Everyone's got. We talked about Google Circles earlier. Everyone's got that, and that. So it, it, it answers the. You have to answer the so what? Who cares? And that, and then the, the WIFM was there for me, mm -hmm. and uh, and again going back to Seth, be the purple cow, be the different one, uh, like the male. Um, being the one person that does a handwritten letter versus everyone that emails you, being the one company that does the billboard versus everybody that does a, you know, Google ad or does some sort of uh, online um, survey. Mm -hmm. so. it, you know, it really comes down, and it's 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 a stereotype, and I'll say it. It comes back to the old quality versus quantity, and the reality in print is it it blossom to such amount of quantity. That quality suffered because the perceived. If there was quality there, it was basically buried because people weren't looking at it. You would get your stack of, of flyers and you would just toss it, and there might have been a quality piece in there, but it was just bundled around crap. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, direct mail pieces ended up being sweepstake pieces, so all of the creative content was sucked out of them because the sweepstakes industry got a hold of the direct mail pieces and it turned the direct mail pieces into nothing more than just junk mail mm -hmm. and that and uh, and so saturation definitely killed that so what's what you see now um, uh, with uh, with that is you're now seeing direct mail uh, targeted direct mail pieces coming back um, extremely unique pieces coming back that are catching people's eyes they're not sweepstakes giveaways they don't say Dear Robert, because you know that that's your name, because they got it from a, a, a computer, and that it, it's a it's a very targeted piece that's shipped to your door for you to open and to get you at that emotional level. But yes, because everybody started to do it, uh, it suffered. Mm -hmm. and, and to your point, now that you know we're going to be talking about Facebook ads in, in a few weeks, but you know just to 
to use that as an example right now, when you are able to tap into that social graph, into the open graph, into the interest graph, wh whichever graph you want, what the most amount of analytics you can pull in, if you're able to blend strong analytics with strong creative, regardless of the medium, you will have success. I think, would that be a fair summary? Absolutely. Bluefin right now is a uh, company that is doing an amazing job of listening socially and they listen to every single television show and they measure ads, they measure what you and I say on social media. They know that during the hours of 8 in the morning and 6 at night, uh, the word Diet Coke is used X amount of times and from 6 at night to 8 in the morning, it drops off. It, they know that if it's females or males talking about it, they know during what TV show you talk about, whatever it is, whatever the product, they listen to it. That information is gold, absolutely. But you have to understand just because you do an ad and just because you and I can get analytics, if you don't know how to read the information, you don't know how to use the information, it, it's not gold. It's mm -hmm. just a lot of information. Yeah, and you know, there's been a lot of talk about analytics lately, especially with Social Media Week going on right now. It's obviously something that a lot of people talk about. And the, the key theme that I'm hearing whenever I come across analytics is it comes down to the human element that is digesting that analytics and you know, truly understanding the human element that comes from it. You can have, you know, it's the old garbage in, garbage out, yep. you know. Um, okay, so we're, we're getting to the mark. Anything that you might want to add, uh, creative things that people are doing out there or anything like that that you want to, you know, share with people? Uh, I was at um, an event mesh last, uh, three months ago. Uh, they had a, uh, a Bing, somebody from Bing, and somebody from Google coming up and talking about search and the big thing right now coming up is solo mobile which is social local mobile mm -hmm. and uh, the cell phone is becoming an extension of all of us uh, no longer is it left in the car on the you know in the house it, it it's you nobody looks at you funny if you have your cell phone at the table anymore or if you're checking it while you're having a conversation at the same time um, so Google and uh, and Bing are spending a lot of money in that area, mobile ads are starting to come back. The SMS texting and mobile ads um, went went away, and much like again uh, Canada Post, they're starting to come back because you get one SMS text in a day. You get a hundred emails, you're going to check the one SMS text. So mm -hmm. just um, look for those social capital, the, the the purple cows, and uh, and stand out from everybody else and okay. be unique. Yeah, be unique at the end of the day, as you say, to, to steal from Seth, be the purple cow regardless. Yep. And, you know, if you don't want to be dead, be the purple cow, yep. I guess is really. So reintroduce yourself. Uh, Trevor Sharuka. Okay, and uh, we are actually going to be uh, on stage together in a little bit of a while. Do you want to maybe throw a little plug there? Yes, on April the 12th at Brantford Galaxy Cinemas, we're having our seventh installment of our Tweetstock events. Uh, we have 14 amazing speakers coming out to uh, share some insights as to uh, what's next and what's coming down the pipe. We're doing a lot of talking on content marketing and how to use content marketing uh, from a business uh, point of view. And we have a gentleman coming in talking about Radiant 6, another company that uh, has their ear to the ground. And we have a, another, another great person coming up talking about citizen journalism, taking it to the next level. So a bit above you and I just holding our phones, taking a picture of something, and below a full camera crew going out, where citizen journalism going, and what level is it at, and uh, and that's just some amazing things that we can use with technology and 
to get our uh, message out there to our clients. Yeah, and I'm definitely looking forward to it. It's uh, you're on the heat. Yeah, you're on the uh, he, he said panel. Yeah, it's uh, you know it's it's one thing to go up on stage <laughs> and and have your 15 minute you know canned speech. It's another thing to to be there for a half hour and have uh, 45 minutes. Is it 45 minutes? Oh, great. So six of us on stage going back and forth. So thank you again, Trevor. And this is the end of this podcast. Thank you, everybody.